Hello, everyone, and welcome to State of the Realm Weekly Final Fantasy XIV Podcast. Now, I know you're all anxious for Thursday with the Live Ledger 21, but today we have a very special episode. It is a community segment. We are going to be talking about cosplay and, more specifically, Final Fantasy XIV cosplay and how you can prepare yourself for Fan Festival in 2016. So, you know who I am, uh, Michael, Mr. Happy Poveromo, so let's talk about the two people you care about more, because we have our regular host, uh, and then we have a guest. So, first, joining me as ever is Sly, who's already laughing at my intro because he loves it every single time I say he's cooler than I am. He loves it. He knows he loves it. So we got Sly, I'm not going to do the squirrel. Sly, <laughs> aka Sly the Fox, aka Sly, Thank aka Grey Fox, <laughs> aka Sly the Possum, aka... <laughs> <laughs> you my boy blue what's going on man you my boy blue yeah yeah no squirrel this time thank but you. i said possum and no sly reverse i did say possum though i'll take possum over squirrel all right you'll accept the possum all right and joining us for this special segment because sly and i know nothing about cosplay here to teach us <laughs> is our guest at ata seri sweets is that did you want me to introduce you like that we probably should have Established that before the show actually started. I just yeah, we probably directly by the Twitter name. We're just flying with the seat of our pants. Yeah, and uh, sorry everyone um, on the live Twitter stream. names an amalgamation of things. I'm interested to hear about that. Uh, apologies to those who are watching the live stream. Unfortunately, internet is not doing so hot today, so there may be occasional stops and starts. But don't worry, it will look perfectly fine when we see it on uh, on YouTube at the end. So, uh, what do you say we'll we get started? Me. Well, what was that, Sly? We'll heal through it. Well, yeah, we'll do it. The show, the show must go on. It doesn't matter, no matter what. Yeah. So, what do you guys say? Should we get started with the show? Let's do it. Let's do it. I asked you guys that before this. I don't know why I'd ask you guys that before we started in the pre-show, and then ask you again after we've already started because that's like no, because redundant. Yeah, pretty much. Don't worry, sorry. Sly will Sly will hate me for everything I do if it's not correct. So <laughs> don't hate you for. Sly does. Sly abuses me like his chocobo. You guys just don't see it. Oh. <laughs> don't abuse my chocobo. All don't right. Don't abuse bandit. We're not getting on that right now. Yeah, we're not getting on that unless you're gonna cosplay as bandit at the very least. Anyway, <laughs> so Sari. Oh uh, <laughs> see, she's now she's getting ideas. She's already getting ideas for Sly as a Chocobo. We'll talk about that a little bit later, though, because I don't want, I want to hear more about that. <laughs> yeah. So, Sari, what do you say we start the show learning a little bit more about you, your background in cosplay, uh, how you got started in it, and all that stuff? Um. Well, let's see here. Way back in, let's go back to 2005. Um, 2005, when anime was still in its heyday and conventions were a thing, uh, I was big into anime being in high school and uh, there was a convention that came around that actually I was originally from um, southern Illinois around St. Louis so I found out there were conventions where you could watch anime and do things and someone said you know you can actually dress up as your favorite character and I was like I can do what? I can run around with other people and be a dork and be my favorite character so I rushed in two weeks and made myself into Rose from Fullmetal Alchemist, and that's where it all started. And after the convention, I was completely addicted. It was the most fun thing I had ever done. Well, uh, I've actually been down that road before, because believe it or not, sir, I've actually cosplayed before. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Wait, why don't really? I know about this? <laughs> I know that. I, was, I know that I feeling. Was... What it's like. I was. Uh, I was 
14 years old, and I was Roxas from Kingdom Hearts 2. Of course you were. Because <laughs> oh, Sly, uh, listen, Sly, I don't need I your sass right now. I knew it was right going now. down there. I knew it was, like, some Kingdom Hearts character, but I didn't know which one. Oh, look, I'm Sly. I know I know exactly what Happy's going to be a nerd about. <laughs> listen, Sly, when I find you in costume, I'm going to find a Halloween outfit picture of you somewhere, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harp you about that. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> Damn it! I, usually goes like a Nick Fury because no like, judgment. Yeah, I'm not bald. I'm not bald right now. <laughs> I can do the eye patch and everything. I can easily do a Nick Fury. Well, you can make yourself bald. Yeah, easily. I don't want to make myself bald. Anyway, so we're already talking about our first cosplays and what Sly's apparently going to be doing at the next festival he goes to. Um, what was your first successful cosplay? Um, well, I guess it depends on what you consider successful. Um, like I, I already mentioned, I dressed up as Rose from Photo Alchemist, but it was a very rushed costume, and it was just fun, and I ran around in it for like three hours. But um, as far as something I actually actively tried for, and I knew I was going to be going to a convention, I made a Beastmaster AF armor from Final Fantasy XI that I was currently playing at the time. Um, it was my first truly complicated costume, and I was super proud of it when it was finished. Yeah, and you're a Mithra at that. In yes, this I am. So there's uh, there's got to be even more details when it comes down to things like making the ears, any earrings you may have included, uh, mm -hmm. the tail as well. Those are all additional parts of that whole Beastmaster costume. And uh, as a Final Fantasy XI player myself, I can definitely appreciate that. So we need to get you into some Final Fantasy XI so you can understand these things a little bit more. Isn't it late, though? No, just play it on your it's phone. Just play it on your phone late. next year. You'll be okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. See, I'll, I'll I'll make sure to get it for you for your phone, Sly. But uh, anyway, uh, moving on to our uh, next question. So, uh, what are characters that you find more, I guess, attractive is the right word as a as a cosplayer? Because uh, some people have different thoughts about this kind of thing. Uh, it's like specific genres or things like that. So, uh, I guess more what genre is interesting to you would be the better question. With genre, um, I love fantasy. It's, it's apparent by most of what I build is fantasy related. Um, I did anime stuff for a while because you get addicted to characters. But as far as what I actually really truly love building, it is fantasy because the amount of creativity and the detail and the sheer amount of what is out there is just fantastic and allows for a lot of creativity and variety in what you can actually build. Um, it's... it's yeah, it's more of a, I guess, a genre is better than a character type because I tend to cosplay things that don't actually have a personality, such as like MMO characters, um, as opposed to, say, an actual character character that has a set personality. So is any one genre easier to do than the other in terms of I. Yes, I think so. Um, I think anime is typically easier. Um, you won't find as much detail in the costumes as you would find in, say, a fantasy piece. Usually, well, you're limited to what you can have when you're hand-drawing animation, so you won't have overly complicated things. Um, so it is definitely, I believe, easier to make anime-related costumes as, as opposed to, say, Final Fantasy, for example. They're usually very, very complicated builds. All right. Uh... I'm just trying to take it all in because I've never heard this side of a cosplayer before where we actually get to hear a little bit more about the person and their thoughts individually. So 
Uh, next thing you got to know is, I guess, key factors that separate people from costume and cosplay. Because I was joking around with Sly earlier about him being in a Halloween costume. But it, there seems there, there is an actual... I don't know if it's a cultural difference, if it's a, if it's an artistical difference. What would you say is like the the number one defining factor that separates the two? Um, like you said, it is a heavily debated topic, but I think the defining thing is your love for that character. You really get into being the person that is in that costume. Whereas when you wear a Halloween costume, you're maybe a fairy or a wizard or something similar and you wear it for one night but cosplay is something you really get into and you enjoy being for instance i made my white mage from 14 and for me that was being my character that was running around and being a dork and casting holy and doing the motions and just in general being what you enjoy and what you love. And I think that's the difference between those of us who cosplay and go out there and just put ourselves out there in front of everyone as opposed to just wearing a costume that's fabric and something that's made. Interesting. As soon as you started talking about your white mage doing holy, I immediately imagined you actually bring like a holy orb with you and stunning a bunch of people in real life just <laughs> just just running down holy the fan festival whores with the swift cast holies yes. uh blinding everyone <laughs> blinding stunning and murdering <laughs> <laughs> all right now let's say for example and this is the furthest example but i make an ironworks cosplay Ironworks Dragoon cosplay. Looks a little shabby, yada, yada, yada. Is it too soon? Um, do you recommend that novices, you know, go into competition? I don't see any problem with a novice entering competition. Um, it's all completely dependent on your mindset. I, when I was brand new, I certainly was not ready for that. It was incredibly intimidating, and I was very, very self-conscious about what I looked like. But if you can go out there and you are proud of what you made and you want to show that to people, there is no problem with entering a competition up against your peers. You'll be entering in on a novice level. You will be competing against those who have the same skill level as you, and you can be proud to be out there. Um, I do recommend before you do it that you make um, take some time to research, at least get an idea of what you're going into, what the experience is going to be like. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you can, go with people. You want it to be a positive experience, and the easiest thing to do is go do a walk-on. You walk on stage, you pose for pictures, and you walk off, and you get feedback on what you've made, and you can grow and do better. So, yeah, if you're a novice, go do it. If you have the confidence to do it, I highly recommend it. And again, that was a really bad example because I know I could, like, right now I could not make an Ironworks anything. <laughs> Sly, uh, you and me both, and it was uh, funny because when you said that hypothetically, I was like, that's very, very hypothetical. <laughs> that's very hypothetical. Unless you want to make it out of Mountain Dew cans. <laughs> hey, that could really? still be really cool if you did it right. <laughs> what item level would a, mountain, would a Mountain Dew Dragoon be? I don't know. <laughs> Level five. <laughs> good. It's good enough to do that, that main story quest. Perfect. Yep. Exactly. Be a level five. Level five. Sorry, sorry, Sly. Where you're not going to level sixty. You're going back down to five. Okay. 
Alright, so this next one, I gotta be a little bit careful the way I word it, because uh, it can be it can be misworded very, very easily. So, a lot of people consider North America, Europe, and other parts of the world to be kind of behind on cosplay when it comes to Japan, which is, it's obviously a more cultural thing over there, but is it, is it only because it's a cultural thing over there that Japanese cosplay just seems to be, I don't know, just better on most fronts, more professional, more accepted, everything? Um, that can be for a lot of reasons. I'm not incredibly knowledgeable on the topic. Um, I believe there are talented people everywhere. I do know they have access to materials a little easier than we may necessarily have. And since it is more accepted, I think um, the way it's talked about is a lot better. People share information maybe a little bit more. And it's also a great amount of attention to detail. Um, I think they have a better eye for detail. And it's more important that it be accurate as opposed to maybe over here it is more for fun and expressing yourself. And I think that might be the biggest difference in why we see a higher level of skill, at least what is portrayed and what you see as for what's out there. That's fair enough. I mean, it's just you go on the I go on the internet and sometimes I'll somebody'll send me like a, like a, like a photo album of like brand new Japanese cosplays. I'm just like, holy moly! And this even just the photo styles that they take over there. It seems like they do have more access to everything. Mm-hmm. So, all right, let's talk shop. All right. What separates a professional cosplayer from an amateur, and how do you make a transition from an amateur to a professional? Um. Well, there is a phrase out there that says the only difference between an amateur and professional is how much you get paid. Um, so I'd say a professional is someone who does this for a living, and there are plenty of people that do in various capacities, um, either making, competing, or being paid to be a guest. Uh, various different examples. Some people are flown all over the world, and there are plenty of people, and very, very famous people, who do very, very well with what they have, um, and they're very, very skilled at what they do. As far as becoming more internationally recognized, uh, it isn't just about having a good costume. A lot of that is promoting yourself, knowing how to properly promote yourself, and always being out there and constantly moving and working. Um, You're not going to be noticed if you sit inside with your costume. You have to be out there getting pictures taken, talking with people, and spreading information. A great way to actually do it is to share your knowledge and you'll find a way that way of gaining followers because it's all about your audience ultimately fair enough uh one sort of perception out there about cosplaying is that you need to be attractive have a good body for it to be considered a professional cosplayer as a cosplayer yourself would you say that's sort of a negative stigma that maybe just the internet has established or would you say that that is kind of one of the factors that goes into it i don't think you necessarily need to be attractive to be successful it's all about what you dress as um cosplay ultimately is mimicry you are doing your best to emulate what you are seeing and the more you can look like that the more accepted it will be so unfortunately as the way things go characters are attractive they're drawn to be attractive so as an attractive person you will look more like a character so to say that it 
isn't a factor is just not true. It's unfortunate that it is. And those who are attractive do tend to do better. Now, to say that you have to be attractive to be successful is not true. It just might be a little bit harder. And you might have to be more creative with what you dress as. Because there are characters out there that aren't that perfect model character. And they're some of the best characters out there. And if you portray yourself well and you carry yourself and you're proud of what you have, you can certainly succeed without it. All right. That's, uh, that was a way better answer than I didn't know. I thought I was going to be a simple yes or no, but you, yeah, pretty much. you really thought all this, like you've got a lot of really in-depth thoughts about this just shows how much I know about anything. <laughs> shows the, shows the professionalism. Yes. And go. shows how much you do know. <laughs> it's something you have to think about and be aware of whenever you're dressing like that. Um, I always think about how I appear and what I'm doing, whether or not I'm happy with the way I look. Well, I really appreciate that answer. Sai, you haven't asked something in a while. You got something you want to ask? Yes. Okay. So how do you get, how do you get into the biz, if you want to call it the biz? Um, like, do you need to, <laughs> that's what I'm going to call it. Do you need to be able to, you know, do you need to be able to draw? I mean, last FanFest, I saw a uh, paladin with a, um, a sword that lit up. Do you need to be good um in good in terms of electrical stuff do you need to be able to sew i mean what what are the skills that you really need to get into cosplay um it, it was you <laughs> to get into cosplay i like my first costume i knew how to use a sewing machine and that was <clears throat> i learned from home ec in middle school you start doing that and you can sew you can make something um and it's all dependent on how fast you learn and what you're doing. Uh, you certainly do not have to have a lot of skills to make something. It's all about your ingenuity. I don't know how to wire things. I have no idea how to use LEDs. So I made a staff for Last Fan Fest, and I basically stole a pre-wired set from a pre-lit up bulb, and I just stuck it in there. So I had no skill with that, but I stole something, and I made it work. And you'll find you can do a lot of that when you're building. So just be creative with what you have. You don't have to know exactly how to do something to make it work. All right. That's uh, I, the, the light bulb kind of surprised me. Also, yeah, me too. I'm still laughing at Sly calling it the biz. <laughs> that's what it is. This is the biz. See, that's something you'd expect me from Jersey to ask that. All right, so in the biz, right? <laughs> but nope, Sly just shows that becoming a little bit more jersey i'm proud of you get out <laughs> get out while you can get out while you can i was gonna say mm -hmm. all right so uh we're gonna actually show to everyone on the stream some uh, starter pieces you made uh i just want you to kind of uh talk us through these talk about you know putting them together what the process was like let me pull those up right now there we go so uh if you could just talk us through some of these uh at your own pace we would really appreciate that okay a moment no problem. Which picture is up first? I closed the stream because it was lagging me out. <laughs> Three. Three? Yeah. Um, okay. Why can I not find what I listed? Three, oh, is the, so that's the sketch, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. So um, what I had listed here is I started working on a bard initially whenever 14 first came out. So, um, there were a lot of accessory pieces on this, and some of them you didn't have 
really good views of. But this one was decent, and I knew I needed a, a specific size. So I looked at what I had on screen, and I had an idea of what the size was going to be. So I just mapped it out for the size it was. So that was my initial sketch, and I knew what my levels were going to be when I was building it. Um, if you move on to four, I believe. Um, it, uh, what I ended up doing was taking a base of a plastic called Warbla. It's a thermoplastic. Um, it's become pretty well known out there so far. Uh, you can heat, stretch, shape, cut it with a pair of scissors. It's very, very friendly to use. And you take two pieces of Warbla, you sandwich some craft foam in between, you get some definition. Um, and then I built up on top of that with clay and sealed it. So you end up with your 3D shape based off of your sketch. And you start, once you get to that 3D shape, it makes it so much easier. You can really see where everything goes and you can start adding tiny details. I had, I knew I wanted gem accents to be in there. And I knew that it had to be at least three different levels for what I was going for. And in the final piece is where it actually ended up once the painting was done and I referenced photos for as many of the colors as I could get, and you end up with the final product. So you see where it goes from stitch to in between to final piece with all the shading, paint, and everything else. <laughs> so somehow a different image got mixed up with <laughs> your images. So there was a random picture of a League of Legends champion in there that I had to switch <laughs> past. I don't, what? Know, I don't know how that got in there. Don't worry. I had it up for the most part, but oh, you know what it is? I figured it out. Wait. How yeah, 5.5. Oh, wait, no, I think that might... Oh, wait a minute. Did you have a picture for cosplay of Diana by any chance? Yeah, it's Diana's one I'm working on later. Oh, my bad. Oh. So, okay. So, it <laughs> my folder, which I was going through, did 0.5. It considers 5.5 before 5.0. <laughs> so, we'll go back Watch. to that one later. Yeah. What? I don't know. Okay. Yeah, we'll go. Uh, Whatever works. We'll go. We'll go back to that later. Everyone got a little sneak peek of a topic we're going to be talking about a little bit later, at the very least. These these little snafus Whatever happen works. from time to time. All right. So let's recover from that. Move on with the show. So, <laughs> next question: What are you working <laughs> on currently? <laughs> and uh, how long is it taking you to put all this together? How? Uh, so, I mean, we already know what you're working on currently now. So <laughs> might as well. Do yes. That. Thanks. Thanks for that, Happy. All right, listen, Sly. <laughs> Sly Thank you. Sly, listen, when you, when you give me a picture with decimals in it, I'll make sure that I give you the same treatment. Okay. There I'm sorry. Go. I wouldn't have put a decimal in there. I was just it's, too lazy to go renumber them. <laughs> it's not your fault, though. It's my fault. <laughs> it's my fault because I actually knew they were out of order before we started, and then I forgot to fix it. Oh, good job. Hey. It's okay. Nice. I still love you. It's okay. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> um, so obviously I'm working on Lunar, Di <laughs> Lunar Goddess Diana, uh, which is um, League of Legends. Um, this has been in my queue for a little while. Um, I haven't gotten a whole lot of progress um, done on her so far. Um, I ended up starting with the wig because I knew it was going to be something that I hadn't done before. I haven't worked with any really long wigs. So I started out with that. Uh, so this is the concept art. You can see that... Um, she's got a very, very long hair set. Um, this is actually a little different from what it actually is in-game, and I decided to go off of the concept artwork. Um, and I made some modifications. I chose not to put the bow in the hair because I think it looks ridiculous. Um, with the light in it? The little light in the back? Can't stand that bow. It looks like a rabbit. <laughs> Listen, people uh, like rabbits. <laughs> 
<laughs> I like rabbits too, but I don't want to be one. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. that's fair. Um, it's okay to make design changes like that. Usually I'm very, very true to what is there. But for this one, I this the only thing I wanted to change was the bow. Everything else I'll leave the way it is. Oh, okay. um, so you can see, yeah, the hair's the hair piece. Um, the bottom war will end up being changed out. But so I left off the bow and this is all just pulled back with some vinyl pieces. Uh, this is also, I ended up cutting and shaping the ends to make it all fit together. You can't see the front end, but it's a lace front wig. And I involved some, um, it's called uh, venting. Uh, when you have a lace front wig, you actually take a tiny tool with hair and you add more hair to what is a very, very fine mesh lace in the front. It's overcomplicated, and I don't need to explain it. But that's the extra work that went into it, and it looks really cool. In case it matters. Uh, well, it I matters to had... Sly because he's going to need to know all this for when he puts his Ironworks costume together. Because he's going to need new <laughs> hair. You're going to need his character's hair for that too. My character doesn't have hair. You your your character's going to have hair by that time. No, it's not. <laughs> oh. It's still going to be bald. My character's going to remain true to me. It's going to be bald with a beard. There you go. My character looks like me. Well, only my hair is longer now, but my hair was short, and it just looked like me. Uh, I think I also worked with uh, a makeup test on this as well, running around with what I had. I ended up needing a better pink for what I had, but that's part of it, too, is just trial and error, seeing what happens, and making it work. Uh, which number are we on? I was on six for the majority of that. I'm on seven right now, so you can see the hair from another angle from the front. We can also see a little bit of your your makeup on this one too. Mm -hmm. It looks like. Okay, perfect. All right, so yeah, I was talking about I need a better pink for it. It's not quite vibrant enough for what's there. You can't really see much on the reference image for it as well. So it's kind of just going with what works for you. Um, let's minimize these. Okay. And then I think what I moved on to after that, since I had the wig and I knew exactly where the brow was going to set, I moved on to the headpiece, uh, which I initially made a base out of Warbler for. And I crafted some clay onto it, and it didn't go so well amongst things. Uh, so I ended up actually casting it and recasting it in resin a couple different times until I finally got it where I wanted it to be. I think that's, yeah, so the first one, this is actually clay, and it looks great. It looked absolutely fantastic until it cracked. Oh. <laughs> which, which happens. It, I hadn't, um, I wanted a smoother surface, and I was frustrated with how gesso was working, because Warbler has a texture, and there's a multitude of ways you can cover the texture, but oh. it wasn't doing what I wanted it to. So... Uh, moving on to 9, you can see the difference between what is Warbla and what is cast out of resin. Um, and the resin's painted. You can see it's much, much smoother. And overhaul is a better shape. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> I, I you, could, you could see the difference between these very, very yeah. clearly. At yeah, first, I looked right. at them like... Because I'm colorblind, so that part doesn't matter. But I just immediately saw... Just immediately so there's a major difference in texture when it comes to this. Much rather be wearing the one on the left than the one on the right. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Is this the is it was just so I don't have to change it, is this the last one for the the lunar Diana? Or is there one more yes, after this? This is the last one. Okay, yeah. I, I, I said she doesn't have a lot of progress yet. Well, I mean still it's it's still impressive to see. Even when it's just down to something as simple as the wig and the headdress and uh 
well, really the whole thing. Even each little thing has its own details, and you're obviously a very talented person because you learned a lot more in home ec than I did, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> How do you remember all of this? Like, I mean, you you probably have to still like. If I was to get into this, I know I'd have to probably take a few classes, go to a Michaels and take a sewing class, or you know, some arts and crafts classes or what whatnot. How do you retain all this knowledge? Um, that's a good question. I don't know. Uh, it's applying it actually. Oh, it's a lot of applying it and mm -hmm. reapplying it. I'm always working on something. Um, it helps that the bottle has directions too. <laughs> uh, simplicity at best. Yep. If it, it's honestly a lot of it is a lot easier than you think it would be, and there's always tutorials online. So I keep, I have a whole bar full of folders on top of my desktop, just full of this is where I found this, this is, this is a tutorial for how to make a certain type of pocket. And if I forget, I can go back and reference it and I can see what I found. A lot of it is research and storing your research. Well, <laughs> for some reason, I'm imagining Sly trying to do all this. And no matter how simple you say it is, I don't yeah. think Sly or myself, you say it's simple. I don't think Sly or I buy, because first of all, you read the instructions. That's already one step more than Sly and I are willing to do. <laughs> We would just move right past that and just try to do, we don't need no stinking instructions. Just look awful. And this is how I set my house on fire. Oh, well, we don't want to do that. So let's not set that. our house on fire. <laughs> and uh, why don't, where are you going to be debuting, Lunar, Diana? Or have you even decided anything along those lines yet? Um, She's, <laughs> she's been rather slow and kind of far behind. At this point, I... May debut her at, at PAX Prime. Hey, high five. We'll be there. Well, I'll be there. <laughs> Sly. Oh, uh, Sly. Oh. No love. No <laughs> love at all. So, I mean, ultimately, that's probably the idea since she will be a little bit slow and that scythe, or actually, that's not the proper name for it, um, is going to take some time. Okay, well, hopefully you'll have it ready for PAX Prime because that'll be pretty cool. We'll be able to, I'll be able to bring pictures back and show Sly what it finally turned into. We could host it on the show and whatnot. Yes. So, yeah, look, sure, definitely. Looking forward to all that. So, okay, you found out that you're amazing at this. So that's what we, that's what we spent the whole first... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> the, whole, the whole first section of the show is just finding out you know, more about you, why you did this, and very, very interested in how you did it. But... It is worth mentioning that we met you at the Final Fantasy XIV Fan Festival, which you've been mentioning here from time to time. So uh, you're very clearly a Final Fantasy XI, Final Fantasy XIV player. So at the Fan Festival, you were part of the cosplay competition, right? Mm-hmm. So what made you want to participate in that cosplay competition specifically? Specifically? Um, I knew as soon as I heard about Fan Fest that I had to make that outfit. I absolutely had to. Because I wasn't going to go without having something. Because cosplay is my life. Well, not my life, but it's my main hobby. Let's just put it that way. Um, so as soon as I knew there was a competition. And that I could go out there and, once again, be a dork. And um, I guess in a way, I mean, it is for myself too. I enjoy putting my work out there. And I enjoy the smiles people get. And the people that want to take photos with me. And it just celebrate the artwork and the game that it is and the characters that we have. I, I spent more time talking with people about how I got the darn coat in the game than anything else. Um, that or the bluebird that was on my shoulder because no one could get the darn bluebird. 
Um, Listen, we but... and you have a bone to pick about that bird, so <laughs> yeah. you, sh you should have left that part out because I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I really wanted to do it was because I wanted to go celebrate the game and be with everyone else who loved the game as much as I did. And being in costume was just a great way to go do that. And I can't think of any better reason. Well, uh, your costume was definitely one that impressed. Now, I don't recall precisely. Did you? Did you won? Didn't you? You won one of the one of the prizes, one didn't of you? The prizes, I believe. I you won, won second, technically. Yes. Second. Wow. What was second prize? Second prize was a the Moogle, the Moogle plushie, um, the art book, the soundtrack, um, and these oh, were the art book and the soundtrack were signed. Yeah. yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like you got to skip the four-hour Merc line. I mean, really? Like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I pretty much did. That's, that's what it was. It was all the merchandise. The really, really nice merchandise was signed. It was fantastic. The difference between second and first was a computer. It was that computer we were all playing on. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. first place was kind of insane to everyone it was you're... incredible that was garuda right that was yes. It, yes that garuda took a lot of effort i was i was impressed like, it I was, was really absolutely impressed. beautiful not to mention the stilt she was on because walking in stilts is not easy the level of detail in the wings if you had to be like up close next to them because you you had to see the stencil detail on those wings um and the fact that she transported that thing all the way from chicago in that is not easy with wings that size no. and not breaking them. So I was thoroughly impressed with what she had. And I actually took a picture with that Garuda. I still have it. It's awesome. Sly, you should have sent it in. We would have shown it to everyone. It's all right, Sly. Next time. We can always get um, it next time. She's actually uh, Egg Sisters cosplay is what she is. You can find her on DeviantArt in a few places. All right. Well, nice little shout out there. So you worked on... Very interesting outfit. Why don't you tell us? Because Final Fantasy fourteen is pretty complicated when it comes to well everything. Garuda is one example, but everything has every little fine details. Just there's no easy costume. So, is it difficult adapting to that kind of clothing style? It most certainly can be. Um, the high elegant coat is probably mid to upper detail, like difficulty level. There are ones that are far worse and more complicated. Um, usually designers make somewhat of an effort to make it plausible. So you can tell kind of how it goes together and it makes sense. But there are some things that even with like the motion of the game, stuff doesn't work outside of the game. So you have to get a little creative with what you have. I had to get creative with how the coat actually crosses in the front. Um, it's got a lot of weird crisscrosses. And if you take like, the costume piece apart you look at it and you go how does that go together that doesn't make any sense um i had to put some really weird velcro like connections in places that probably would not have normally happened just to make it look correct so sometimes you have to be a little creative in how you design just to make everything work because it's not always going to be perfect especially the more complicated a costume gets for instance the ironworks i was looking at the white mage ironworks set like I, there's no real place where that dress separates. You'd have to find some way to put supper somewhere. I don't even know where. I'd have to go really think about it. Just some sort of fill. Sly, did you just send me the picture right now? Yes, I did. If I, <laughs> you did. We're, 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 we'll, show, we'll show it in the post-show. Uh, that's if a I, different Garuda. 
That is a different Gruta. Yeah, that's the different one. That's not the. That's the, the judge. Gruta. That's Lisa. Yeah. That was, yeah. Judge. Mm -hmm. that was the judge. It was not the mm -hmm. Gruta. That was one of the Grutas. Yes. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll show you that after, because if I open it, it's going to throw off all of the scenes yeah. for the show and everything. I think Sly realized that after he had said it. All right, well, okay, Sly, you haven't, yeah. you haven't said anything in, like, I swear, like, half the show, Sly. I'm, you just, got... taking it, I'm just taking this all in because I need, like, I'm, I don't think I'm going to be doing this anytime soon, but maybe once I get a stroke of like genius somewhere somewhere in the future so maybe somewhere in 3.0 i might do something for for the next fan fest maybe it would, it would take a guys heard it here first sly confirmed oh. is going to be cosplaying at the next fan festival don't confirm put that it, for me I put it maybe. on social media <laughs> maybe maybe is just 51 percent yes so that's yes okay speaking of that <laughs> yes speaking of sorry if we were to cosplay, like, uh -oh. what would you recommend for us? What would you recommend, like, for example, for me and Mike? Because you know, well, I don't know if you know, but I'm a goon. Mike is a ninja, or uh, I'm, 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 I'm Hildebrand. <sighs> okay, he wants to do Hildebrand. What you should you do Hildebrand. It'd be amazing. We had an amazing <laughs> Godbert at, uh, at Fan Festival. That was awesome. Oh, yes. Did you see him running around chasing him? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, finish your question, Sly. I just wanted to be Hildebrand. So, yeah, what would you recommend? Like, for example, for me and Mike, what would you recommend? Um, I'd certainly go for what you are most passionate about. If you're a dragoon, go make a dragoon. Because that's what you're going to know the best. Unless there's some other job that you're secretly desiring to be. Um, go be a dragoon. And I know that dragoons are armor-based and it can be really intimidating. But there's so much out there. You can grab a level five outfit, go make it out of Mountain Dew cans, for all I care. But <laughs> are we still going with the Mountain Dew? Cans? I think you yes. would win. I think you would win the competition if you successfully made an armor set out of Mountain Dew cans. That's all I'm saying. So it's gonna be a goon <laughs> sponsored by Mountain Dew, really? That Mountain Dew's called Madoon. I've seen a, a samurai dune? outfit made a out of uh, CDs. How about a Dugoon? It was pretty cool. A Dugoon? <laughs> uh. Oh, oh see, see, see you're already coming up with things. Listen, Miz is, Miz is in the chat, so the puns have to have to happen. I mean, it has to happen. Oh, so if we were to cosplay, what would you recommend? What would, would you recommend for me? Because you told him he can use the Mountain Dew cans. We know that's what it's going to look like in the end. If I wanted to do Hildebrand, that seems that's mostly seems like it's like sewing and stitching and a little bit of hair work, if anything. Yeah, mostly. Um, you could probably get away with a pretty basic tuxedo, and you could probably modify it, or you can go with there's patterns out there. It'd be pretty easy to do. You'd have to really work on your poses. Oh. Because that's what the selling point uh, for Hildebrand. I don't know if that was an insult saying I don't already know the poses. <laughs> I don't know you that well. I'm just saying. Just uh, it's all right. Here, I'm, I'm proud. You, you can't see me. Half of Hildebrand's costume right is now. his pose. Yeah. And the other half is Nashu. Yes, yes. I actually want to do Nashu at some point. So, Mel, is Nashu confirmed? Yes. No, nope. that was that was not confirmed. Mel, Mel has to be Nashu. Sly now. can be Ralbon. Sly has two arms. Can't be that. Okay, oh. okay. I will make I will make <laughs> Mel a Nashu outfit if you guys will go as Hildebrand and Nashu. That's 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 on her. I don't want to put her. I don't want to put her on. Uh, 
on the spot there. That's not that's that's not fair. If anything, what I do is I just get like like a like a little nashu on like my back or something like that. I don't know. Oh, that'd be cute. A little tiny doll. Yeah, exactly. Like you had the bluebird. Yeah, exactly. She comes down your shoulder. And if I had if I was gonna do Rob on, I had to do Rob on pre arm chop. No, no, no. Heaven's word will have been out for over a year at that point. You're you're going with one arm or. Never mind. Anyway, you can just and all I have to do is just get Sling some Jerry it. curls too. Just get the Jerry curls, like the like the old school because, Ice Cube Jerry curl, because, and really, really because, bulky armor. Because here's the thing, Sai. If you go pre whatever, you need a Nanamo on your on your shoulder, or your arm. I hope you understand that. That's part of the costume. Yeah. So I'm just trying to save you some work. You have to cut off an arm, and you don't need Nanamo. I guess to refocus on what we were talking about, um, <laughs> as far as what you guys should do. Do what you are most passionate about because if you go about building something that isn't something you'd really enjoy being, you won't have the drive to finish it. And you really won't enjoy wearing. You'll wear it once and get bored. And you don't want that. Sly's looking like, I'll never get bored. <laughs> you don't know that, Sly. You don't know that. Not yet. So, Hildebrand, for me, Hildebrand's kind of like a... He's in shape. I'd say I'd say Hildebrand's in shape. I don't know how, other than his father, but he's in shape. So would I need to like start going to the gym now if I wanted to prepare to be Hildebrand by Pax Prime? Um, would that matter? Well, would that be an important detail? Would that matter? Um, it depends on how important it is to you that you look the character. Um, I a lot of people um, aren't big on cosplaying your body type. Uh, it certainly isn't, once again, it's not necessary. Um, a lot of people can make it work, but the more you look like the character, the better it will be. So yeah, if you're going to go get ripped and go be Hildebrand, yeah, it's going to look fantastic. <laughs> and you, But you should do it for yourself and be happy with how you look. Okay. <laughs> go, right. Yes, I have something look. for this. Oh, okay, God. I have, to say so, I have to say something because, all right. Obviously, I'm a big dude. I eat. I eat a lot of barbecue and fried foods. <laughs> I remember at the last fan fest, um, Yoshi P for the um, cosplay contest. The ninja, Yoshi P said that he was a little too heavy set for that costume, and that was a really big oh shit moment. It was like oh shit, he called him fat. Um, what did you What did you think of that? Because it, like really, I, like he doesn't look that heavy set to me. I'm, but what did you think of that? Um, I think that was a little bit um, a cultural thing as kind of out of context. Um, he wasn't looking at him and going, God, you're so fat. You, <laughs> I cannot believe you would ever try and do this. You look totally fat in that costume. That wasn't what he meant. Okay. Um, what he, the way, at least in Japan, as I understand it, with cosplay, it's about being able to cosplay a character as opposed to like necessarily looking like a character. It's, are you a ninja? Are you the epitome of what a ninja would be. Could you do what a ninja could do? Could you walk around, be agile, flip over a wall, and slit someone's throat? Like, could you do that? And his, I think his, what his comment was, was that, well, you're too heavy set to be a real ninja, is what he meant. And he didn't mean it in an insulting way. It was more like, well, you can't be the character because ninjas aren't heavy set. Okay, but even still, like, regular in-shape people can't, like most regular in shape people can't backflip, go around, slit throats, everything. So I mean, 
I just, yeah, it just to me it was. I mean, I know it's a cultural thing, but to me it it just threw, it threw me off off guard for a minute. I'm like, I'm looking at myself. Oh, that's totally I understandable. I could be I, wrong too. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> um, that was the impression I got, just knowing how cosplay works over there. It's and I don't think he directly insults someone like that. <laughs> so what you're saying is I'd be better off doing a fat chocobo cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> no, because here's the thing. My character is the fat chocobo mask with a yellow tux on, and, and I just stand there with my arms crossed. You should totally do it. <laughs> just I think I, I so want to see somebody with a fat chocobo head at the next fan festival. It will not be complete if somebody does not have a fat chocobo head. I refuse to accept it. All, right. all I know is, all I know is, my if I if I do a goon, it's it's gonna be a really tight armor. It's going to like really push it in, push everything in. So. Hey, you can do that, and you can make it work. It's as long as you watch your body proportions. You can make someone who's probably too heavy look perfect. You just have to watch the proportions. <laughs> Slice, you saying you can do it? Believe in yourself. You can. <laughs> will believe in myself i mean i'm not perfect either i'm certainly not perfect um <laughs> but you and... don't eat like me <laughs> you, you, you don't know that um, <laughs> uh, i'm not perfect and i find ways to make it work and um like for instance my hyalogen coat is very very tight fitting and it it actually makes my shoulders look broader than they are it's an illusion well, while we're talking about the white mage outfit, you, uh, before the show, sent me a ton of pictures with that outfit. So uh, what do you say we just go through all of those uh, and you can talk to us about each picture? Because, wow, did you do a lot of work. This is like, this is from the ground up kind of stuff, guys. Like, start, finish. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I will try my best to explain each of these steps as I go. I think, yeah, I sent you like 20 pictures of the work in progress on this. Um, it's one of the only ones I really made an effort to spend the time taking pictures of because I knew I was going to want it. I usually get really lazy during the building process and I don't take pictures. Uh, so let me know when we're on picture one and we'll go from there. We are on picture one right now. All right. Perfect. All right. So what we're looking at here is I have a duct tape body double. So I have my exact body measurements. So I know exactly how this is going to fit. Um, now this is probably a little more advanced than some people would be used to because what you're seeing here is what's called muslin, which is a, a basically a cotton that doesn't have any stretch. So I know I'm not going to have any um, warping of the fabric while I'm working with it. So I took a basic coat pattern that I found from like Joann's or some kind of craft store and said, okay, I like this basic shape. And I stole it and I cut it apart and I started drawing on it exactly how I wanted the shapes to look. So you can see here I've blocked out. I have a, the white skirt underneath is actually the finished skirt because I knew it was going to be a basic white skirt underneath and I stuck that underneath and then started throwing the other parts on top of it and I started to figure out exactly how it was going to crisscross in the front because I knew it was going to be a royal pain once I was done. So you can kind of see where the different layers are. Um, you'll see more once I actually get into cutting and going into the colors. Um, so if you move on to picture two, All right, you can see yeah. there's a big difference. So I've taken, but basically I made patterns. So once I took those things and I drew everything on there, I took it off and cut it apart and made sure I added what's called seam allowance. Um, it's usually, 
I use a quarter inch, but they usually recommend about five eighths. Um, and that allows you to make sure that your pieces fit together correctly. So here I've moved on to what's basically a heavyweight cotton because um, I knew it would not, it wouldn't wrinkle and it would hold the shape well and it was heavy, very, very heavy. So it would have the flow and it would hang where it was supposed to. So we have basically, it's starting to look like a Star Trek uniform actually <laughs> at this point. It really does. So I haven't attached the sleeves because I know the sleeves are going to be a completely separate piece. And um, I have it pinned everywhere where I know the uh, flow is going to set. And now you can actually see the shape of where it's going. And I think at this point I hemmed it as well because I knew exactly what the height was going to be. All right. Next picture. All right. Wow. This is, this is, it's, it's, it's crazy looking at picture to picture how it's transforming. How it goes. Yeah. Uh, this is actually where the really fun part gets when you finally start seeing the shape because it's sometimes it's very discouraging when you look at something it's like this looks nothing like what it's supposed to be and you get frustrated and you walk away from it for a while and you'll come back and um, at this point I had taken off the front panel and I started putting all this edging in just to get these horizontal shapes it created some of the definition right around like right below the chest area you can see there's some crisscrossing lines that didn't really do anything but they were just there for decoration so I threw those in early because I knew they were going to be a pain in the butt later I also added in the black panel for the bottom, which is just, it's one of those pieces, you look at the design, you go, where does that fit? It doesn't make any sense. It's just hanging there. It is just stuck on the inside. And it connects. And it works. Um, I also added uh, bias around the neck edge. So you start seeing the definition of where the shape is and where it's going to end. That came apart and went together probably four or five different times. just because bias tape is finicky. Um, I also added the sleeves. Those are doubled up. And all of this, while I was doing it, is lined. So there are no rough edges on the inside. It's a fully lined coat, which means it doubled in weight. The thing is very, very heavy. Uh -huh. Next page. Uh -huh. Here, you can see I started adding more of the brown trim. So you start getting some of the... Uh, more decorative pieces. I've also fleshed out the bottoms of the sleeves. You're starting to see the shapes and I knew that because of the ruffles that were going to be around the wrist that it was probably going to need to be a separate piece. So I left it off because it was going to take extra time to try and put that through the machine. And then you can only have so much thickness before your machine can't handle it. And I don't have the most expensive sewing machine. So I may do with what I had. Uh, just just a quick question. Mm -hmm. I'm colorblind, so where's, oh. where's the brown trim? <laughs> the brown trim, yeah, if you can see the black and then, well, I guess where the, you can't tell. Um, uh, is, it next, is it next to the white on it's the? It's next to the white yes, trim. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. I, just, I see, I, I don't know all the terminology, so I wasn't sure. I was like, is that it? I, I got to ask. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, I feel bad because I'm like, I don't know how to explain this without colors. Oh, God. <laughs> Welcome to um, my world. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, I think at this point I've put in the Velcro too, so you don't see any more pins. I've added Velcro um, to the left and right side of the center red, the center red part on the chest, and also around the neck. So this all holds together with just Velcro, which is easy, and it makes it for, to you can adjust it really, really well. It makes for a nice close fit as well. Um, I think that's the only thing I've added here is the trim. So you can move on to the next picture. This was a close-up of the arm where I was, um, I once again added bias to the bottom of the edge of the arm to give it a finished piece and to also add the extra like flourish to the side that it had. Um, 
there's nothing incredibly time consuming. The extra piece that's underneath is actually the lining and that's where the ruffles will attach. And if we move on, okay. So this is a picture where I was actually building the pleated ruffles for the sleeves. Ruffles take a lot of time and they're a pain in the butt. So this was probably 15 minutes of me sitting, folding, ironing, pinning, repinning, and ironing over and over and over again until you get this accordion pleat style. And then that's folded over, sewn over on, e on each edge, and then sewn like a tube. So you end up, when you move on to the next piece, they're attached, and they're attached underneath, and you have this really, really nice like folded appearance um, at the bottom where the sleeve ends. And that exactly. probably ends... Exactly how much time are you talking for the ruffles? Itself? For the ruffles, I spent a good three to four hours getting everything to sit where I wanted it to. The actual ironing and pinning process was probably at least an hour of that because the fabric that I chose, well, it's fantastic and has great weight, does not like to iron flat. So I had to sit there with a very high, high temp iron with steam to get it to try and lay flat. Uh, if yeah, ask anyone. It's a pain in the butt to do anything ruffled. Like the skirt, the skirt sucked too. But I did that first because I knew it was gonna suck. Um, this is already coming out pretty good. It scares me that there's 13 more pictures after this because I'm like looking at it like, wow, it's almost done, and I'm. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm thinking now. Like, I know, looks, right? Like, it looks like a complete outfit. Like, really, right here. I, I would. Just slides like that's it. That's where my costume is. <laughs> <laughs> This was actually a really good point. I think I stopped here for a while because I was pretty sure I was fighting with turn five and I was really angry at it. <laughs> good thing so you weren't, doing, like, good thing you weren't doing regular Allegan cosplay. It would have just filled you with hatred the whole time. <sighs> I, I, was, I was trying to help someone through and it wasn't going well. No, it was turn, it was turn nine, not turn five. What's wrong with me? It was turn nine at this point. Um, all right, so next piece... Um, now this, this is where I got into a realm of something I hadn't worked with before. Once again, I was using muslin to lay out what I knew was going to be leather. I'd never used leather before, so I was super paranoid and I bought myself a couple skins of so many square feet and leather is very expensive. You buy it by the square foot, whereas most fabric you buy by this, by a yard, which is three feet. Um, so I made sure I layered this all out. And what I did, since the front's asymmetrical, I had to do the entire front. But the rest of it, the back, is... I think if you switch to the next two pictures, it just shows... No, it's just the next one. It shows where I've also layered out the back. But the back can be duplicated, since it's the same on each side. I was <laughs> drawing with Sharpie and permanent marker. Uh, I took my original um, that I made from the very beginning that was a muslin and just layered it back over since I was done using it and just started cutting and drawing and layering out where I wanted this to go. So you can see all the holes where everything's going to be. I layered it up, tried to make sure that nothing was going to pull or sit incorrectly. These, even though they look like they're straight lines, are really not straight at all because of the curve of the body. So it, was, mm. it ended up being really, really important that I patterned these all out because they were not straight in the slightest when I took them off. Um, the next picture actually shows once I finally finished cutting, sewing, ironing, and gluing all of the leather together. Sly and so I are is... silent with, like, shock and how I, 
quickly this is I actually I actually do want to do a Hildebrand one now <laughs> after seeing you this. You should. It's it's really not so scary. There's patterns out there that make it really really easy. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, it's okay. This is this is a conversation, not a commentary. Um Part Let's of my see. inner jump. we're on the leather piece, right? Part of my inner jump rivers wants to come out. Sly rivers. I've been waiting for Sly rivers this whole time. Like you don't understand, Sly. <laughs> do it once for. Come on, do it once. Do it once for Sari. No, not yet. Please. <laughs> not yet. He said he'll do it. Just not Aww. yet. I'll do it. He's waiting All for right, the finished finish. project. He's waiting for the finished. Yes. Finished product. Yeah, okay. I gotta see That's it. fair. All right. Um, we're on the. Leather, I think, so far now. We've moved on. 19 um, is the one I'm on. Uh, let's move to 20 then. All right. Uh, 20 should show what it looks like now that all the leather's cut, um, which was nerve-wracking. Uh, this is uh, one ounce garment-grade leather. So it was like four bucks a square foot, which wasn't... It was actually pretty good for what I had. Uh, this is the finished side of... Um, this is goat leather. So you end up with a really, really nice sheen. And I'll use the reverse side of the suede for any of the holes were. So you get this nice contrast color difference with what you have. Um, I think, let's see. And this is all, once again, it's all fitted. And this is just through your basic sewing machine. You can get what are called leather needles that are much thicker. And they have a different tip that basically cuts through the leather. So at this point, we're we're about halfway through the pictures that you sent me before the show. How much has this cost you up to this point? Um, I bought everything ahead of time, and I bought it at a warehouse like discount fabric store where everything is ridiculously cheap. So with at this point, since this is actually isn't all the materials, this is just the fabric. We're looking at about hundred hundred and twenty dollars with the fabric. Really? Um. It's pretty yeah, cheap. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah right. because I went yeah. to a nice store for it. If you'd bought this, if you'd bought regular leather like at regular price, that would be easily eighty dollars worth of leather for what I had. But I paid forty for it. Because so, I like got the from, hookups from this point. I would have thought you were maybe in like the five hundreds at this point. Whoa, whoa, slide. If I'd, <laughs> I mean, if I'd that... paid regular price, it would have been six hundred dollars for this whole costume. If okay. I paid regular price. There we go. Um, but I got some stuff from friends, and I bought from warehouse supply stores, so I paid a lot less. Um, let's see here. 21 shows the front. Um, this is, once again, held together with Velcro. And the front clasp, I had to get creative. The pieces that overlap in the front both have Velcro closures because there's... No way this thing split down the middle, and it had to split in a couple different places to make it all fit together. So the red and the black and the fabric is all one piece, and then the leather is one piece that sits over the top. I'm starting to wonder. Oh. I, I'm starting to wonder how you get in and out of this thing because this thing looks like it's put together to never be taken off of a human it, being again. Pretty much, once you get in that thing, it takes it takes me a good five to ten minutes to get out of this costume. That's for all by yourself layers. or with someone? Do you need um, help to get in, get in and out of this? Uh, I can get well since all the closures in the front. I can get out of in and out of this mostly by myself. It's just the neck where I need some help getting it lined up correctly because it's hard to see without looking in a mirror. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've had costumes where I actually needed like legit help because it had a zipper in the back and there was no way I was getting that zipper undone. But um, it's definitely, I'm covered from like from here down in this costume. There's nothing that's not covered as like my fingertips. Everything else has got something covered somewhere. Goodness. Yeah, I've never had a costume that was that much coverage, and it was warm. So warm. Yeah, it's it a was. coat. It's a legit coat. That so it before we move on to the next one, it sweating, does that how does that affect this how I don't know how that affects costumes in general, because those convention centers it. can get really You've made really it for Curthus. Slight we we weren't in, we weren't in Curthus. We were we were in a fan fest. We were in one giant room with twenty five hundred people. <laughs> Um, well, I'm lucky. I, I do really, really well in warm temperatures. So I was perfectly fine. Anyone else, though, probably would have been sweating like crazy. So it's, it's hard. You have to take time and take breathers out of costume if you're going to get that warm. Goodness. All right. Again, and sorry, hydrate. To, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, hydrate, <laughs> definitely. Uh, let's see. Next picture, 22. Okay. Oh, and you can see, yeah, there's my game in the background. Um, this, I delve into something that I'd never done before. Um, this is a completely new technique for me, and I was running out of time at this point, I think. We had maybe two weeks left before the festival. So as I, I knew I wanted to do this because once again, I was working with um, warble thermoplastic, which has a texture. And I knew I didn't want to have to put these together and try and find some way to paint it, sand it, get it smooth. It was so much work I didn't have time for. So I said, okay, let's try this. I've seen this online. I've seen people do really, really cool things with it. Let's find out. So what this is, is a combination of the thermoplastic, which creates the shape, that curve where the actual pauldron sits. Do I have them sitting up here? No, they're on the wall. Um, so yeah, the pauldron like sits in this curve. And I've taken, once I got the basic shape with the warble, I took uh, craft foam. Craft foam is an amazing thing, and created the raised shapes, and then covered it all in a stretch vinyl. So what you're seeing there is actually fabric that's been wrapped over a plastic, and then airbrushed to get the texture and the color. Well, and it's, it's really, really like cool. It's all like one fabric, too. Yeah. Right? It's, it's actually separate pieces that are all glued together, and it's a great way to make armor and get a really, really smooth finish out of it. If you remember um, Gaius and Livia from the FanFest, that's what theirs was entirely done with, was foam, EVA, and vinyl, all glued. And that's how they got such a beautiful, smooth finish. I remember those costumes. Oh, the, yeah. Mm -hmm. Those were crazy. And that's all made Drac with the, the thing that this eventually became a Gaius outfit blows my mind. I am nowhere near on skill level. Uh, Draken Cosplays, who made those, and he, what he does with foam and vinyl is beyond me. It's incredible. Um, so that's, yeah, both of those, and then I attach these just via some hooks that basic sewn-on hook and eyes, and that's how they stay there. They weren't the best way to attach, and I probably wouldn't do it again, but they were, in a pinch, they worked pretty well. Nice. Uh, 23, okay. So this is what I did with the last week and a half of what I had, and it was also completely new to me. I hadn't done it before. My friend's like, here, I have a gallon worth of resin. And you can have it for half of the price because I'm not going to use it and it'll go bad after a while. Uh, so what we see here is I've actually taken Sculpey, which is a polymer clay that you can shape. And you put it in the oven, you bake it, and it gets hard. 
and it'll stay like that. Um, you can use this as it is, but it's very brittle and it breaks easily. And I knew that a lot of these pieces have at least one duplicate, if not more. The diamonds, I think they're like 10 of each of the diamonds. Yeah. But um, I think the bottom left shape is a single. The top left has a duplicate, but it's a mirrored reverse. So I had to make a mirrored version of it. Um, but most of those on that plate are singles or only have duplicates. So these are the what I call masters. They're sculpting masters. So I've taken them, sculpted them, and baked them in an oven until they were hard. So once you get from this point, and you can see in the back very vaguely, you can see I printed off a sheet because I knew I took reference images, cropped them as best I could, and figured out, well, this is about the size of what it would be, and this is the size on my costume. So, like, yay tall. So that's about what, six or seven inches? So let's put it in Photoshop, make it six or seven inches tall and print it out. That way I have exactly the size it's going to be. Now, sorry to interrupt, but I want to know, how did you um, really mold these? Did you have to make a mold for these, or did you do a lot of cutting to get the, the exact shapes kind of where you wanted it? What did you, how did you do that? These, the, the masters themselves? Mm-hmm. Um, this is all just done by hand. Um, I just basically took clay and eyeballed it and, like, Eh, this looks about right. Because um, these aren't the actual final pieces. Masters are what I'm going to make the molds with. Um, I'll explain as we go, actually. I know it's a little confusing. Um, I mean, but but for I, I couldn't even tell that this was by hand, to be honest. Like, it, oh. it, looks, <laughs> it looks like so on point. And I would have thought you there was maybe, like, this is the mold is what you're saying. These are the masters. This is the mold. This is what will become. This is what I will mold off of and make duplicates off of. Yes. So these are these. Are... <laughs> it's like it's like copy paste. It's like copy pasting a sentence almost, but obviously yeah. way yeah. harder. Way harder. Yeah, it's very similar. You know, resin's not that bad. Actually, I'm gonna explain that too. It's really not that bad. I, if you're willing to invest the money behind it, it's not bad at all. Um, Twenty four shows the molding process and my tea. Um, I don't recommend foods or liquids when working with chemicals. Do not follow what See, I do. I would have thought I, I would have thought that there was something in that that you were using to mold. Nope, just tea, no, and, sub tea. and subway <laughs> apparently. Yeah, you can see I've covered my tabletop with a tarp, so I'm not destroying it. But so. What I used here is not a traditional mold. It's something that is called composite mold, so you can actually reuse it. You can heat it up in the microwave, and it becomes this gelatinous substance that you can pour, and when it cools down, it becomes solid again. I did not have the money to invest in what you normally use, which would be silicone, which is a permanent type, whereas I knew I need to make a half dozen molds. I do not have the time or money to make a half dozen molds. So I'm going to take this, cast what I need out of it, and melt it back down and reuse it. So the only problem with this, since it is um, heatable, and you can heat it up and pour it again, is anything that's warm is going to melt your mold. And this resin that I'm using is a exothermic reaction, which means it gives off heat. So these molds were good for one cast, and then I had to remake them, because the heat would destroy the mold. Um, but to re-explain the molding process here, so I took my masters, put them into a pan, heated up this mold material, poured it on top and let it solidify and you turn it upside down. And you get these holes that you can fill with a resin substance. The resin I use is from Smooth On. Uh, it's, it was called Smoothcast 65D. I got the, the 
gallon version of it, so it's two gallon jugs of it, and they're a two-part piece, so you take a cup, you measure out equal part one and two, and you mix them together. This has what they call a pot life of two minutes, meaning it's still bigger, it'll be liquid for two minutes. And with that, you're stirring it, trying to get as mixed as well as possible, and then you have to pour it. And once you pour it, it will start to solidify. It'll go from clear to white. So what you can see here is it's actually starting to solidify white. It'll take about, depending on the size of your pour, about 15 minutes to completely solidify, and you just take it. And since the uh, rubber is flexible, you just flex it and you pull the plastic out, and you end up with these white, you can see the little white one in the far left top corner, and the mold that went with it um, slightly to the right of it. And you get those pieces pulled out of it that are perfect duplicates of what you have. Um, these are for the bottom of the skirt and the neck and some of the armor pieces and the center and the front. There's some front pieces there. I tried to cast them in an order that made sense, but I think I just kind of went at it. Uh, 25, you can see, uh, these are final casts. These are all the casted molded pieces that have come out of it. And I have basically taken just, I think it's like some kind of gold leaf spray paint and just completely sprayed over them. Um, I recommend, since this is a plastic, to spray with a primer before you put metallic paint on, because metallic will want to rub off if you're going to do it. This is basic gold paint. I've got most, all of my shapes here with my duplicates and my reverses. I think there might be another picture, but you get the idea of all the pieces that were finally cast out of it. Yeah, I got a, I got a rough idea. That's, <laughs> I didn't expect to turn the page and, and see this, because I... I want to see this put on the costume. That's what I want to say. Yeah. <laughs> We're, we, that was the next step. I think I spent two days casting, which is pretty good overall. I think a total of like 16 hours maybe, getting all the casting done. And most of that's actually waiting for the molds to solidify and cure. The actually molding process isn't so bad. Um, so if you, I think the whole gallon set of resin is normally about 100 bucks. I used maybe a, not even a quarter of that resin. I still have plenty left over, and I made some other things with it. Um, next, this is the same um, This is the same vinyl and craft foam method, and this is for the gloves. Uh, so it's nice and flexible. You don't have to worry about anything hard being on your hands. So you can see the difference between just the vinyl and then when you airbrush it, what you can do with shading. Because it is, really doesn't look good without the airbrushing. It just looks very flat. Um... 27. Okay, this was the completed glove. I think I just I sewed on the vinyl because you can sew it on. You can see a larger, you can see how big one of those casts was in the back. I made a really, really large cast out of that. I almost didn't get the second pull because it was so big that it destroyed the mold. Absolutely destroyed it. I don't know how the second mold came out. It was a miracle. Um, this is more, this is a suede leather cotton, the vinyl, and there's a vinyl at the uh, top of the arm, too. And this is stretch vinyl, so it actually holds the glove up on my arm, which is a nice, convenient thing. Um, 28. How do you, how do you, even, how do you even find all these materials? Like, how? I don't... <laughs> I Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, yeah, that's what my college professor always told me to do. Don't told me to do so. I guess that makes sense. Um, I, you know, I use eBay a lot. eBay is a great place to find things. Besides getting the fabric from that one store, and I got the resin from a friend like the vinyls from ebay i just looked up stretch vinyl that's what came up i looked up gold stretch vinyl um 
Let's see. Okay, we're on 28. This is where everything's starting to go together. You can see all the resin pieces actually attached to the leather. Um, I super glued them on. Super glue is amazing. Su super glue is super glue. the single most helpful and dangerous thing at the same time. It is. My my fingers were pretty raw at some points. Oh god. Um, I didn't have nails either. I destroyed my nails doing it. But super glue is amazing. They're still on there. They haven't even started to peel at all. They're wow. still completely attached, and I was one of those, I'm like, well, I don't know if this is going to work, but we're going to do it. Um, so that is, yeah, that's most of the back. You can see I've attached the shoulder pieces that also have their own little resin accents that are on there as well. Looks like I haven't done the neck yet. I've done just the back. And this was actually kind of nerve-wracking, too, because once you do glue something on, if I had tried to lift it up, the leather would have been destroyed in that spot. So it had to go in the right spot the first time. So, so the pressure's on when you're putting the, when this final part of the costume is coming together. Once the fabrics are all done and you're trying to nail on accessories like this. This was four days before the festival. Oh my god! That wow. I was cluing these on. Uh, Twenty nine shows the front. Um, you start to see most of the details are coming together. Now here's where it got complicated because the front has to come apart. I have to get this off of myself, oh, so that's I can't right. just glue yep. the pieces on there. Uh, so as you can see the split down the middle. So what I did is I took these little tiny dots of Velcro, like little like pinhead sized circle pieces of Velcro. And I attached one side, I had like the one of the, the big centerpiece probably had five little tiny dots and it connects to the corresponding tiny dots like right there in the very front. So that Velcro is on and off. So all the pieces that go in the front are all Velcroed on. I'm glad that you came back to the whole getting it on and off thing because I had kind of just let that slip my mind. I, at this point, I pretty much just accepted that it materializes and dematerializes every time you need to remove it. Yeah. So, <laughs> you even oh. after you explained how you get that, I still like, I see it, but it's hard to it's hard to accept that that is how it works. If I can, if we have time, I'll pull it off the wall and I'll show you how it goes together because it's actually really complicated in the front. I'm I'm still amazed. You also have this thing in one piece. Oh, I know. I was so worried I was gonna lose a piece. I'm like, there are probably gonna be pieces gone eventually. Let's not jinx it. Yeah, I already broke a piece. I fixed it, but I broke it. It broke on the way back. But at least it broke know. on the way back. I just want to let you know by seeing all these steps, like my dream of doing ironworks is just, it's just slowly going back. It's, ha into it's happening. In, no, it's happening <laughs> in a factory far away. Is what's happening. <laughs> Like it's just like in my in the back of my head, I'm in the back of a corner. Like this is just not gonna happen. <laughs> like, you can totally do it. Well, you see, like it's just it's just a long process, and if you take your time process, and don't burn yourself out, you can every do single, it. Just seeing every single step, though, it's like my mind has just been blown. I I don't know. I I don't know about I don't know about next fan fest, boys and girls. I don't know. It, it might you got till happen. 2016. Come on, come down. <laughs> Get working. I, I, gotta, I, gotta I don't know this. what I'm doing yet either, so don't feel bad. Okay. Well, I debating. see you're already one step ahead of her, and yet you're making you're making her feel bad. What are you doing? God, you're gonna make me cry. You're so mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, this, this is my dream going <laughs> going up in smoke. Oh, <laughs> you're fine. Oh, which one are we on? We're on 29. Okay. Um, okay, so 30 was one of the shots I took from FanFest. Um, 
you can actually see the entire piece together because I there was no way I was getting everything else back on that mannequin and the bluebird yes and the bluebird the bluebird was not made by me um, bluebird was made by a friend of mine and it was a last second idea that I was like I need a cute thing let's get a bluebird well, what are you talking about you, um, found it, you found it in a payskin map right totally found it in that one chest on the road on the way here yeah uh, uh, let's see uh, black ash is her name and you can find her on DVR in a bunch of places. I can link her to later if you really want to. But she does she does more plushies than just the Bluebird. She, they're she's really, really good. And she's a sweet person. Um, let's see here. This was actually, yeah, at the pool, right? Outside FanFest. Uh, this one, at least you can see where the the um, the final centerpiece is attached in the very front. Because the last piece didn't show those. And you can see the... I chose to not do the High Allegan legs because I thought they were ugly. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what um, legs are they? This is the RC, the Mithra RC, Mithra God, Mikote. Oh, that's no Mithra, no Mithra. It's okay. <laughs> You'll, I, it's as a Final Fantasy VII player. Don't worry, I know. <laughs> you know my pain. Um, so yeah, I went with the RC and with the RC shoes as well because they it matches. The black and white actually goes pretty well, and is way more comfortable than having that. And I did make a design choice on this costume. I chose to leave off one piece. I left off one tiny detail piece and no one probably even knows <laughs> no I, I don't know <laughs> it's uh it's a piece that would sit right on my hip right there where the skirt edge ends it was a big like looks like a shape of a key and i was like that thing's gonna be really heavy and it looks really weird so we're not putting it on there so nope nope <laughs> that's what happened i'm like nope that's not happening uh Let's see, and 31, at least you can see the back. And you can see the staff. So the staff is something that hasn't been talked about. Um, I have not built props before. This was my first prop. Uh, I decided to start building it when we had two days left. And I built the entire thing. And it was all made. It splits into three pieces, and it screws together. And it's, it lights up. I told you I don't know anything about LEDs. There is a giant red LED in the top that connects to a button where my hand sits. So I can hit the button on and off. And I stole it out of a flashlight. So, See, the wiring and everything. if I did know how to steal it out of a flashlight, I wouldn't have thought to do this. I just didn't have the time. I was like, I know it's probably really simple, but didn't have the I time. Have you, time. You had the smarts. I wouldn't have ever... I don't... I still don't even get <laughs> how you thought of this. Um, I don't know. Actually, yeah, I think it was literally just me be going, I need a light. What's the laziest way to do this? Welcome to Cosplay, everyone. The laziest way to do things. Um, but, uh, so it does light up. Uh, there's some Photoshop help here. Oh, I forgot about my earrings. I made earrings, and they do light up. And they're tiny little uh, LED. They're actually LED earrings that I took and modified to hang the opposite direction. And it's just some craft foam to create the black piece. So it's the high elegant earrings. And they were actually, once again, I don't know what I was doing. But all it was is a, a light and a battery, and they stick together. That's it. So, question: If you had to call your relic weapon here, one form of the relic, obviously it's not a zodiac. Which, which did you get your atmos done before doing this? Is this your animus? Obviously, you can't get all the glow, but there is some light on it. It is the atma. It was because that's what I had at the time, and so I was going off my screenshots from what I had in the game. So it's supposed to glow red. I yeah, see. I'm colorblind. I wouldn't. <laughs> I didn't know. Oh, it. that's right. Sorry. It is glowing red here. <laughs> oh 
God. I'm going to be forgetting this. I will remember eventually. Uh, so, yes, this is the Atma. Uh, which I do find, I do have my final weapon. I got all the way there. Just not at this point, of course. Um, we didn't I, have much stupid we, What do we have at this point? Atma. Nexus? Do we have, no, we had... Yeah, we it's, had Nexus at this point, all the way up to yeah. Nexus. I think so. I was behind at this point, because I was like, screw this, I'm not farming for Atma, because it's pain in the butt. And I think sometime after this, I finally went and did all of it, and I was at the point finishing my weapon when everyone was fighting so hard to get Nagruta that we couldn't, that even queuing single was better than going in his groups, because it was lagging so bad for lights. I think this was before the uh, Atma drop increase, wasn't it? Yes. Two yes. Point, two so that's point, why two I haven't done it yet. Yeah, two point four. Yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this. It's not happening. Uh, <laughs> but okay, so you can see the back here. At least you can see where some of the other pieces have connected. Um, and the fall colors turned out pretty nice. But it's always nice having. That's a good important part of cosplay is not just making it getting good shots of it, full body shots, so you can actually see all the detail. And This was probably one of the best ones. This is Minnesota. Um, we actually had a fall last year. It was amazing. Does Minnesota not have falls? <laughs> it usually lasts like a week. It will, the, it'll get, the light will go low enough, the trees will change color, and then it'll get cold and disgusting, and the, the wind will rip all the leaves off in a week. So basically what, like, what this picture is saying is Minnesota is Redania. Yes, and this beautiful picture it is. This is actually a park in Minneapolis. Oh, wow. Uh, Here, yeah, that guy's Gridania, Minneapolis. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. Uh, Centennial Park, I think. Uh, and I think, yeah, that's it. That's the last picture that I have there. Um, I have some other shots that um, a photographer was so nice to take while I was at FanFest, and I have those posted up in another place. But this was the, net, the only picture I had with my staff. Oh, I forgot to mention, so that thing about rushing the staff, um, obviously it came apart at FanFest, and that's another story, but I made it, and it was completely unpainted when I brought it to FanFest, and I was painting it in my hotel room. <laughs> Man, I would not want to be hotel management. Yeah. <laughs> right? If that right? was the case. Oh, uh, yeah, I ended up painting it, and it, it looked... Decent, but I will never, ever, ever rush a prop like that ever again. Not happening. It was such a bad idea. So, in in the cases that like things do break because things will break, shit happens. Like, mm -hmm. what do you do? I mean, are, like when something goes wrong, are you really freaking out? I mean, I know I probably would be. Like, oh my god, like I just made this. It took a long freaking time, and it just broke. What the hell? Like, what happens in the event of that? Um, I, in the case of the staff, there wasn't, it wasn't necessarily broken, it came apart, so I got really lucky there, but as far as, like, breaks, they do happen, especially if you are rushing to make a costume, something's going to come apart at some point, so I always bring with me what I call an emergency cosplay kit, it has super glue, thread, needle, hot glue, you name it, everything, so in case something breaks, I can fix it. So, because I thought, like, the thinking was to, you know, make a duplicate of something just in case, you know, oh, like a little. But I know that's a lot more time. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah. To... Sly, come on now. Seriously, you were scared to make it the first time. You Now you're saying you're going to make duplicates? You ain't going to make no duplicates. Well, no. that and you don't have room for duplicates. Right. Like, I mean, you're, I mean it was I mean, hard I'm enough not... fitting all this. 
I'm not saying like the entire duplicate. I mean, just, you know, small minor pieces that might come fall off or come apart or anything like that. Small minor pieces, not the oh. entire piece, obviously. Yeah, you certainly could. That's definitely an option if it's something you think that you might lose or might break. Mm. Um, now, it's to say whether or not you might be better off investing time and just making it maybe less fragile as opposed to making a duplicate might be a better option. Um, well, that was uh, that was a hell of a process. <laughs> yes, it was. It's a very long involved process. This took me a total of about three three hundred dollars, I think, total after everything. A lot of that's Warbler. Warbler's expensive, but it's fantastic to work with, and resin is expensive as well. But also another really cool thing to work with. Uh, and hours wise, I think I jotted this down somewhere. I always forget exactly how much time I spent on this. I think I want to forget. Uh, this was about 150 hours. Jeez. Two months. You know how many Atmos you could have farmed in that time? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> you know you, how much I would no, less have pulled my no, hair out? You might, have, you, might have, you might have finished one weapon. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, it, it was up and down. I did put it down a lot. So it was spread out over about two months. Okay. That's... It's okay. Never mind. No, it's still a lot. Anyway, <laughs> thank thank you for walking us through this. Uh, this I'm gonna call it an experience because holy moly, that's I don't know what else to call it because it's like work experience. It's it's everything. I don't. It was I don't even know. definitely a learning experience for me. Uh, so overall, like you said, you won second place with this costume. <laughs> How? does it feel to be on that stage and have your costume that you spent 150 hours on be selected? And a bonus question, how would it feel if you weren't selected? Oh, gosh. Um, being, being selected was exhilarating, waiting for the results of whether or not I was even in the top 30. I mean, I had a decently good feeling about it. Um, I try and be confident with what I have because worrying doesn't do you any good. Uh, but definitely being up there and knowing that I was going to be on stage was such a, a rush, I guess is the best way to put it. Um, a mixture of nerves and excitement and sheer just not knowing what's going to happen um, walking in. Um, and well, I forgot the second half of that question. Well, the, well, the reason oh, I, sorry, what was it? I asked the second half was how would you feel not being selected? Because I'm sure that that's people who want to make these – costumes and they put all these hours in and they enter a competition and to not win it after all that hard work i mean that's that's got to be something that a that an amateur or novice cosplayer has to keep in mind that that could happen yeah i'd be, I'd be salty i'd really be salty <laughs> really like um just knowing what you did right there seeing what you did right there and just i mean you don't really do it for the recognition but i mean i'd be salty if I was going to go actually into a competition and, you know, it, that's a high-quality outfit, all the hours, all the money, all the time, I'd be salty. It, and anyone who says that they don't do it at least somewhat for the recognition, I think, isn't quite telling the truth. Um, <laughs> there is you, – you, you put that much time and heart and effort into it, and you do want mm -hmm. at some level for an acceptance to be there, for someone else to be as excited as you are and happy with what that is. Um, so, yeah, um, oh, God, yeah, if I hadn't been, it would have been heartbreaking. I would have been 
pretty upset. Um, I would have ended up rationalizing it and looking at what I lost to and being okay with that. Um, like, I was perfectly okay not winning first um, because her costume was absolutely incredible. And I was so amazed. I, I was so happy I got to sit down and talk with her because I looked at that and I go, this is how I can improve. This is what I can do next time. So just being up there and winning anything is incredible, especially after my staff came apart. I thought my world was going to end. Um, like, I, I literally died there for a second. I was like, okay, we're going to stop breathing. Just sit here. Um, but uh, it's, I understand for anyone, it is a risk putting yourself out there and go into inter competition because there is no guarantee. You don't know what you're going to be up against. And you just have to go into it taking the chance and saying, you know what, regardless of what happens, I'm so proud of what I've made. And no one can take that away from me because I made this and it's incredible. And I can always be better, but this is still great and this is still me. I'm going to second the incredible part. It was a fantastic job. Thank you for sharing that aspect of fan festival with us because all i saw was hey she's wearing a high elegant coat <laughs> and that was like the end of my perception of it so and she's got my bird and she's got my damn bird <laughs> i'll get it 200 pay skin maps later but i believe 201 it was only my third <laughs> all right so anyway moving on to the next the next part of the show before i get before i get salty like sly will so we covered Fan Festival 2014. You did the High Allegan robe. Now you're going to have a much wider variety of costumes to choose from because we're not going to have a Fan Festival this year, but we are expecting to have one in 2016. First of all, are you planning to make another costume for 2016? Oh, most definitely. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm definitely going to make one. Well, I'm sure you're not the only one, and like we said, Sly definitely needs uh, some help here. So, have you started looking at some of the newer armors, at the very least, that they've been revealing in, like, the benchmark trailers or things like that? Even looking at the new jobs, per se, like Dark Knight, Astrologian, Machinist. Have, has mm -hmm. there, has the crea have the created juices started flowing at all yet, looking at some of the possibilities? Oh, most definitely. Um, of course, I'm I main white mage, so immediately I was like, what's the white mage gear? I have to see it. I have to know if I have to make it. And <laughs> um, I had this instance when the uh, demon the demon casting gear came out. I don't play black mage, but uh, the casting hat, I'm like, I have to make that. It's really, really cool. I have to make that. And it's, so I did. I, uh, there are some pictures out there of that, but... So yeah, I've definitely been watching. Um, I love the Astrologian as well. So I'm kind of torn between that and my traditional role. And maybe I'll have to see if I like the way Astrologian plays. And if I do, I probably will do that instead. Just because I think it looks a little cooler than the White Mage set. So, right. Wait, that, and that's what I was about to ask. Like, because me and Happy already played Fashion Police with the new jobs. And we already... <laughs> yes. We already... That's where Sly Rivers thoughts. first came out. Yeah. No, Sly Rivers came with the our uh, character creation. No, no, no. You were no. Sly Rivers. You were Sly Rivers <laughs> since the day you were born. Oh, God. Okay. So you, uh, yeah, I was about to ask, what did you really think, uh, since you since you made White Mage, what did you think of the White Mage? Because I, I thought it looked pretty awesome. Happy didn't really like it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I have mixed feelings. I look at it and I go, okay, this oh. is cool. It's got some really cool aspects, but it also looks like a nun to me. And a yeah. part of me is like, I don't want to be a nun. It doesn't look like a nun. It's Why is everybody saying that? Why she's the allowed hat. to have an opinion? 
The head part. The head part is what bothers me. Some people say the Dreadworm looks like Assassin's Creed because of the helm. The the Dreadworm healing oh, head. Yeah, yeah, it kind of does, actually. Oh, that I don't even want. To, I don't even want to imagine you having to make the tail and the wings on the dreadworm robe. Oh, yeah, that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I can look at something and go, "That's too much effort." Nope. Eh. Well, okay, if you do astrologian, at least see my creative juice is full, and you can get a, just a regular globe. Just take the globe part out of it, and bam, you already got a base for the weapon. Yeah, see? There you go. Just be creative. See what you, see what's out there, what it looks like, and pull pieces apart. You don't have to make everything from scratch. What would you it's a great way to make it work. Probably well, have to make those. <laughs> <laughs> make your own cards? Yeah. Just well, it depends. It depends on how much it looks like something. I'm a, a big stickler for details, so if it's not going to look right, I'm not going to use it. Giant tarot cards. Bam! <laughs> I These got this. I'm gonna go I'll as an astrologian at this rate. I'm gonna go as an astrologian. I'm not gonna go. I as think an that'd astrologian. be cool. No, no. But that's not. definitely. I mean, honestly, yeah, astrologians probably. If I had to pick one to build, that would be it. it would be that one. But I'm not making an aura. Oh. Well, since we were kind of talking about the astrologian, would would it, would a weapon ever completely deter you from? the rest of it or like does that have to be part of it or could you literally just start with the outfit and then move to the weapon um i typically start with the outfit first because i think the outfit is more important because you can walk around with a weapon and it doesn't matter you can walk around with an outfit without a weapon and you'll still be okay so i think you're safer starting with the outfit first um can a weapon make or break an outfit it can um depending on how important it is to that outfit um, I think Dark Knight, you really need to have that dang sword. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Dark Knight, uh, you need a cooling system while you're at it. <laughs> yes, you would. You really would. That would be so uncomfortable, actually. Most of those I look at and like, that looks really cool and really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I also, like I said, I'm not really a prop maker. I'm My skills are limited in that department, so that's another reason it would probably end up being second. But I don't think it would be a deterrent. I think the astrologian would be difficult, but I think getting there and making it work would be really cool. I'd be totally proud of it when I was done. Well, don't worry. I gave you some advice on that outfit, so I'm sure you're going to get to work on that right away. Just be sure to put my name on the globe so that way everyone knows. <laughs> How about, you can sign it for me. How about that? There we go. There That'll work. Go. I'll be a nice long signature. Yeah, All right, copyright so Mr. Happy. Yeah, copyright and then the smiley face right next to it. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> uh, what about what about hair and makeup? Because you showed us what happens with something like Lunar Diana, where you have to make the wig ahead of time. But some things, it's not wig related. You just have to have you know take your hair and apply it to the costume. So when it comes to the now, you didn't show us any wigs. So this is your natural hair in the mm -hmm. in the white mage cut. So you you have to do that the morning of. What kind of what's that kind of like? Oh, I'm sorry. This is my natural hair. The actually the short wig that's right back oh, here is um, that. Wow. Um, so I actually I just recently cut my hair. I used to have much longer hair, but mm. um, wigs. I think I do recommend wigs because they're easy and you don't have to worry about styling. Um, and the other problem, the reason I use wigs with Mihote is because I want to have the ears attached. I don't want a headband. So the ears are actually sewn into the wig. Oh. Um, I didn't think about that. Yeah, if I can put these over. So, yeah, these are actually sewn in and attached. So you get a very natural appearance once you're done. And then, of course, the earrings. But 
I hadn't even considered yeah. that, that that might not be a headband. I just immediately assumed it was a headband. I didn't even think to ask about that. Wigs are fantastic. I recommend them even for guys. Hear that, Sly? I don't need it. Put a ball. <laughs> get a bald cap. Where a bald cap? Need a bald cap. Well, you well you don't obviously you probably don't play Makote, do you? No, I'm here. Mm -mm. You here? See, there you go. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. You don't have to worry about the extra appendages. I don't think they can even my be alt, bald. The my alt will be an hour though. So, so if I ever decide to do, well, can there? Oh my can, God, Sly. Can there, can there be a bald Alrada? I'm pretty sure there's not. Okay. I think okay. only Hears can actually be bald. I don't think any other of the races can be. I'll Maybe. have to double check that. So, if I. Just because of how are the that, ears and things set? Yeah. So, I had to do Alrada, I'm going to have to have a wig. Yeah, well, then you could do it, but then you got to have some way to attach the horns anyway. So, you'd want the horns on a headband and use the wig to cover up the headband. She'll, she'll get you through this, Sly. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, anything... and then, of course, I couldn't do my own makeup. I can't do my Sly, own. your face is so beautiful, you don't need to do your own makeup. Exactly. There you See? go. That's well, actually the deterrent for Aura for me is because I'd want to do the scales, and I'd want to do them properly so they weren't just drawn on. I'd want to actually have adhered scales, and I do not have enough experience with prosthetic makeup to do that. Male Rogadin could also be bald, according to chat. I hadn't thought of it. I forgot people played That's Rogadins. That's true. I forgot people played Rogadins. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how I for I don't know how I forgot Mr. Face because he's bald and he's mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. But then you have to worry about actually changing your skin tone. I didn't say I was trying to be Mr. Face. I was <laughs> I don't I, I you cannot walk around any place in public looking like Mr. Face and not scare somebody to death. <laughs> this is a horror game. How do we get into this? Because we play you Final Fantasy this 14. train? Yes. No, no. <laughs> I'd never derail the train. I just put it on a different track. So, so, so in case, like, Slice has been talking about how he's thinking of doing it. Would you, if you couldn't do it, recommend outsourcing to a professional? If you just find yourself incapable, but you still find that desire to express yourself in a certain way, would you recommend Certainly. it? Certainly. Yeah, definitely. There are so many people out there that are very good at what they do. I've I've made commissions for people, and um, I have no problem with that aspect. It, it There is a part of costuming that is you, is you in that costume, and there's nothing wrong with having someone else make it for you, because there are certainly things that I wouldn't be able to make, and I'd ask someone else to make them for me. Um, my only stipulation with anything having to do with that is there... Um, there is an etiquette that goes with it. When you have someone else make something for you, that you make sure that you don't take credit for it, because that is someone else's work. Um, there are competitions that have no problem with people entering when they had their costumes made by other people, but you need to be upfront and say that you haven't made it, that someone else made it, because the difference between someone having bought something and someone having spent 150 hours making something is a big difference. Um, as far as I'm concerned, with costumes and competitions but just buying to wear and um do your own thing and have fun with by all means there's so many good people out there and it's a lot of fun just dressing up in costume well dressing up is one thing but getting it there is another we already kind of touched on yes. getting garuda's outfit there and i don't i don't want to know how either of the garudas there did it because that's that's a hell of a car trip right when some it comes... of it, it's somebody to fly can you? And that's what I was wondering. Like, how do you deal with TSA? And like, for example, you're a paladin. You you gotta 
they're gonna like I would think TSA would kind of flip their shit when they see a sword or something. You know, I have weapon-y. a story about that actually. <laughs> oh, uh-oh. God. oh god. Okay, so um, my boyfriend at the time was a paladin, and he brought his sword and shield with him, and they were way too big to fit and carry on bags, and. We, I think even our check, our check bag still wasn't big enough for his shield. And we had the sword with us, and they immediately stopped. I was like, what is this? Like, it's just plastic. And he was bending it. We went through three or four TSA agents, and they're like, okay, we'll let you through. We're still putting this through the, the x-ray machine. So they finally let us through, and then once we were through, like, well, by the way, once you get to your gate, you still have to ask the pilot if he'll let you put it on the plane. And so the whole time wow. we are freaking out, because we're like, how are we not going to take this to FanFest? This is not happening. <laughs> we got it through, though. His his sword and shield ended up going through. I was able to stuff mine in my bag. It fit because I broke it down. But it's a problem. It's definitely with weapons, getting them through sometimes. So even I, though they're fake. Yeah, even though it was fake. The guy looked at it. He's like, well, it's obviously fake. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of bends. It's not going to cut anything. Well, apparently, looking like something is bad enough. So. Yeah. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to extend that question a little bit further. When I was watching the European Fan Festival, I felt like the costumes had a, a severe lack of any accessories whatsoever. Now, in America, it's one thing going through TSA. At least you're still in the country. Mm-hmm. Do you know anyone who has troubles when they have to travel internationally or even between countries? Because at least in the United States, if you have the option, you could just drive to get past all those problems. Mm, that's true. I personally don't know anyone international, so I can't speak to that. But I imagine it's, it probably is something similar. Any kind of transport like that. Especially because you're going across a lot of country borders when you're in Europe. That was why I asked. I felt like they kind of maybe were limited by their costumes uh, because of that. I was wondering if you had any insight. Because I don't know. That's The fact that you can even get that on a plane. You know, I, don't, I agree. Even though it looks harmless, there are a lot of things that look harmless or that we use harmlessly that aren't allowed on planes. You're not allowed, mm. to, have, you're not allowed to have more than three ounces of deodorant or whatever it is. Try getting, try getting a plastic sword on a plane. Good luck with that. Right. It's because we were carrying it on that it was a problem. If we'd been able to check it, like check it and bag under the plane, it wouldn't have been a problem. But it's because we had it as a carry-on that it caused an issue. Yeah. So I think, I, like, I know um, the Garuda that was the judge, I know how she brought hers. She had hers checked, and it was just wrapped really, really well for the wings and marked. And a lot of TSA, if you mark things, they do read it, and they do take good care of what you have. It's not consistent. There are there are bad apples out there. But most of the time, they'll take care of your stuff, and hers, hers survived going through check. Um, you also have the option of shipping. If you want to ship your costume to the convention location, it's a pretty common thing, too, if you have really large costumes. Good to know there's a lot of options out there. Sly's going to need them. Yeah. <laughs> I'm throwing you under the bus now, Sly. For all you really are, yeah. Because because I want to see you and Iron. I want to see Ironworks Sly. I want to see Slyernworks. Slyern, really? <laughs> I saw it. Okay, I saw it in the chat before. I've been waiting to say it this whole time. Oh, you Wait. stole it. Yeah, but I gave credit. We just had a discussion about okay. that. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who I'm giving credit to, but I, <laughs> I know somebody said it. <laughs> oh, the half-assed effort. Okay. <laughs> What can I say? <laughs> You're well on your way to being a great cosplayer. Yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So this we kind of touched on a little bit before too. Getting into character. So obviously an MMO character is a little bit simpler to do this with because your MMO character is already an extension of you. But 
what about things like memorizing emotes or casting animations or things like that to seem more authentic in that character? Do you do those things ahead of time? Because I see some people do that on stage are really embarrassed to do that. But is it something that is an important part? Um, for me, I focus more on the costume. But like as I was saying earlier, you get me in the right situation with the right people, yeah, I'm going to be a total dork and do it. Because I can. That sounds like tw that sounds like twelve beers in a karaoke machine to me. It is. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe maybe just one. I might be a lightweight, but. That's right. Slack and have the other eleven. <laughs> not me. Uh, you know, it's it, getting into character. I think is part of the fun. Uh, and being able to talk about it, because we're all a bunch of nerds, and we all love the game. And for any of us to say we don't know exactly what our casting animations look like is complete BS, because we do. I just remembered and... a hilarious story. <laughs> so, Happy, does that mean you're going to be doing backflips as a ninja? Uh, I mean, I got a bed here to practice on, so sure. <laughs> so, I just remembered a hilarious story that is to it's. It's not fully cosplay, but I had a friend who considered it at one point. So I was playing World of Warcraft at the time, and I was sitting in a room of five people playing it. At one point, my friend was hitting his hearth button, and he started, for no reason, just doing the Blood Elf hearth, hearth animation, where he swings his arms in the round, and we all looked at him like, What are you doing? <laughs> That's fantastic. I can only imagine what it's like doing that on a stage and some people are really brave when they do that it takes well sometimes that's easier than going up there and trying to like act like yourself because you freeze sometimes it's easier just to mimic and be something and be silly and it's different cheers. too because that was just a walk-on. It was basically you walk on, you kind of pose, and you walk off. You can also do a lot of cosplay competitions have skits, which really allow you to be creative and make something, and you can pre-record audio and have a lot of fun with it. I, I got to get my friend's, my friend's image of him doing that out of my head. <laughs> Let's move on to the next question. Okay. I can't. I can't get it out of my head. Okay, okay. Focus. This is a professional show. Extremely professional. Sly, don't laugh at me when I say that. You're not helping. <laughs> okay, so you've, you're obviously in communication with a lot of other cosplayers, you know, between trading, I don't know, between trading ideas and uh, talking about how you do certain techniques for making costumes. What is that community like? The community of the people who make the costumes themselves and know all of these little techniques? Um, overall, I'd say the, the community is overall really, really positive. Um, they all know what it's like to not know what you're doing, and we all love the characters and what we're what we're actually making. So it's really, really positive, helpful, super kind. Um, you'll of course, once again, there's bad apples anywhere, but most of them are known well enough, and they eventually kind of disappear out of the community. So it's overall a group full of nerds, cosplayers, and geeks who just enjoy doing what they're doing and making. And if you have a question, Go out there and ask. Go find forums full of answers and people that are willing to help you. Um, I highly recommend if you are going to get into cosplay to get into the community and talk with people because you'll find a lot of great information there. And that's something I wanted to get into. Um, like for people trying to get into cosplay, for people who are watching the show and they just get get it in their head that they want to get into cosplay, what advice will you could you give them to get into cosplay or uh, what advice can you give for people who are in cosplay and just want to be more successful at it um 
never stop growing, never stop looking for something new. You see something, you go, that looks really hard. Then go find out how to do it. Like there's, I guarantee there's someone out there who's got something similar or might have a tutorial that you can make it work. Um, I think a great place to start is um, cosplay forums. There's a lot of cosplayers out there who are very big on providing for the community. Um, there's a big one named uh, Kamui Cosplay. She's actually internationally. She's from Germany, Austria, somewhere over there. Uh, don't stab me. I'm probably wrong. But she puts videos out there showing how to use Warbla and how to build props and how to paint. And they're highly detailed tutorials. I think she even has like um, books out there you can buy that are a great way to get started. If you don't know how to do something, find pictures and find examples. That's probably the best way to start, to just throw yourself in it and educate yourself. Go browse the internet for a few hours. We all do it every night anyway. A few hours? Oh, I browse the internet way more than that. Yeah, I think we all... Phone, browser, wherever. So, Not sleeping at 3 a.m. It's like, hmm, I can't sleep. Wonder, wonder what Joe Pesci's up to. All right, there we go. <laughs> Wikipedia. Why, of course, why, why did you say Joe Pesci jersey? Really? Honestly, that's an Aziz Ansari joke. Again, credit. Where, he's, where you go on the internet, you're just bored, and you just look up random stuff on the internet. Wikipedia is a terrible tool for that. <laughs> so, I'll spend nights where I, like, I can't sleep, and I'll be sitting there going, okay, I need to build this. What am I going to do with this? Oh, I wonder. And I'll end up like watching YouTube videos. Like, this is how I, I wired this to do this. It's like, oh, I can use that. Late night musings on YouTube. It totally works. <laughs> well, sir, you have been a fantastic guest. We're going to be wrapping the show up here in a few minutes. Uh, real quick, I again want to apologize to those watching live on Twitch. There were more internet hiccups. I didn't want to interrupt the show. Again, but I'm sure you heard, eh, might have heard him a little bit over Skype with a little bit of robotiness. Sari, is there any last thing you want to say to anyone out there, cosplayer or not? Anything at all? Never stop believing in what you do. It is so easy to get down on yourself when you're building. I do all the time. I get frustrated and I'll stop. And I'll start asking myself, why do I bother doing this? But you know what? It's totally worth it when it's finished. There is, it's something out there where you hit a point where it's just rock bottom. But if you keep going, the where you can go and what you can do is amazing. And the people out there and the people I've met because of my costuming and what I've done has brought something that I otherwise probably would never have found. So never stop trying, never stop doing, and just enjoy life and people and go be yourself. It's wonderful. That is awesome advice. That is really awesome advice. That's a full clap. There's no golf. No golf clap. We got the full <laughs> clap before anyone makes a joke. There we go. Yeah. All right. Thank you again, Sari, very much for being guest on this very special segment. It's It's been eye-opening for me at the very least. Yes. Good. I hope you guys are inspired to go make your own because you definitely can. So, Sari, how much do you commission for it? <laughs> for what? What do you want? <laughs> for Hildebrand. For Hildebrand? I, I want my ironworks. <laughs> I want my ironworks. You want your ironworks? As soon as, soon as she's like, go make your own, I'm like, yeah, so how much do you charge to make? <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to learn eventually, but how, how much do you... <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't do commissions anymore, but oh. you should always charge for your time and what you're worth. Yeah, 150 hours. I can imagine how much that Oof. would cost. 
that's that's a hell of a commission. <laughs> what would you want for your hourly wage for that? At least forty dollars an hour for all the fabricing work and everything. The average is about twenty bucks an hour. Only twenty? Oh really? my god! I get I get that the materials aren't that expensive, so there's not like a big material charge, but <laughs> I can't. I I don't know. Because co- really, to me, cosplay is fashion. That's it fashion. is. It's a lot of weaving. Like I, I've been holding this joke back for like the entire show, but you all, you have all your crafts at fifty. Yeah. You, you want to, you want to know what's great about that? Master joke Crafter, my mm-hmm. my Final Fantasy Eleven items are high quality only. Yes. You know what's what's funny about that Sly? During the what? show when they showed her tea on mm-hmm. the table, somebody said, "Oh no, she's just eating food for crafting stats." Yes, <laughs> I yes. saw that. Oh, whoever you that. are, I love you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, so apparently, Subway is crafting. Yes, yeah, Subway's it's e fresh. I mean, whatever. <laughs> Anyway, no more, no more and products. She, and she has esthetician because even that's not a that's not a crafting class, but she's an esthetician apparently. Does does she is she's not as weird as the dude who's actually the esthetician? So yeah. that's a bonus. <laughs> that guy's scary. <laughs> well, thank you again, Sari. You've been a phenomenal guest. Real quick, do you want to tell everyone where they can find you on social media and whatnot? All right. All right, everybody. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Atasari Sweets. That's A-T-A-S-E-R-I-S-W-E-E-T-S. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at Sweet Sari Cosplay. Um, and I'm on DeviantArt. It's Sweet Sari at DeviantArt. Um, I probably update most on Twitter. Uh, I do a lot of my work in progress photos there, and I keep up a pretty good dialogue. So if you're going to follow me, probably there, and you can watch my DeviantArt for more of my photo shoots, probably. All right. Thank you very much. Those of you on YouTube, I'm sure you're going to be looking forward to that, as well as those of us joining us live. And, of course, every week we have him, Sly, a.k.a. Sly the Fox, a.k.a. Sly, a.k.a. Gray Fox, a.k.a. Slyernworks, a.k.a. Slyernworks. <laughs> so that's the new one. We're, we're a- taking a- out the a- 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 a.k.a. the Dugoon, a.k.a. <laughs> <laughs> aka you my boy blue tell them where they can find you you can find me uh on twitter at sly the fox on um instagram at sly aka gray fox 0707 excuse me on twitch at um twitch.tv slash sly aka gray fox you can find me on behemoth as fox sly and well i'll go ahead and announce it because it is happening Next week is the ceremony of eternal bonding for me and Blasian Lex Mystic. So invites are going out tomorrow. If you want an invite, let me know. Let them know, everyone. (laughs) Before I sign off, we do have a few other announcements. First of all, next week's episode is going to feature Ethis Asher. You guys may know him as a lore video maker. And uh, he's going to make Sly and us look real stupid <laughs> when it comes to... You know, just just like Sari blew our minds with the cosplay, he's going to blow our minds, and probably even yours, with a bit of lore. So, on top of that, the Dream Network, which, by the way, in case you don't know, is the network that hosts this actual podcast, is going to be doing another one. And it's going to be featuring our very own crazy guy, Milo 
575. It's going to be called Behind the Green Screen. It's not Final Fantasy 14 centric. It's going to be a broader, a broader type of uh, podcast. I'm actually looking through my email now because I had an email with the time and date for it, and I can't seem to find it. Hashtag unprofessional. Sly, don't <laughs> Sly. I saw that just because I'm not terrible. looking at. Just because I'm not look. I got peripherals. That's, that's terrible. I've got terrible. Sly. I've got peripherals. <laughs> I can see terrible. when you're when you're doing that, Sly. It's terrible. It's terrible. S- Sly, terrible. listen. Sly, you're not only are you. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, see. <is he? laughs> mm-hmm. Ah, I just May 21st, 7 p.m. EDT. There you go. May 21st, 7 p.m. EDT. Thank you, Mel. Thank you in the chat. May twenty first. Somebody's 7... got it. Yeah, I had it. <laughs> I had it. I had it in a tab, and I remember when before we were in pre-show, I refreshed by accident. I had to have closed it with the, one of the F keys by accident when I did that at the same time. So I had it in its own tab. So that's that's not fair. I was ready. I swear. <laughs> it's, it's, all right, we're gonna duke it out, Sly. That's it. <laughs> that's it. We're uh, we're going. We're, that's it. Next fan festival, you, me. Ninja yeah. versus Dugoon. <laughs> Never mind. I won already. Anyway, be sure to tune into that behind the green screen featuring Milo 575 on May 21st, 7 p.m. EDT. And finally, signing off, I am your other host, Michael, Mr. Happy Pope Rome. You can find me at all social media and pretty much everything, Mr. Happy 1227, except YouTube, where I am Xehanort1227, hashtag childhood. Thank you again for doing the show, Sari, and Sly for being an awesome co host as usual. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. It's been fun for all of us, Sari. On that note, everyone, we are signing off for the night. We will see you next week with Ethis. Until then, take care. And we are in post-show. That means we can talk. Awesome. (laughs) At what point can I say things? (laughs) That was so cool. I didn't do my Sly Rivers. But you only needed to do it for her. Yes. So just do it right now. Oh, God. Oh, darling, here we have Sari with the High Elegant Carthus Collection. Oh, darling, it looks fabulous. And the hand and makeup is so good. Oh, oh my God, darling. (laughs) It's my favorite thing ever. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That was amazing. Just so you know, Sly, I'm including that in the YouTube one. Anyway. Damn so- it! <laughs> <laughs>